I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around the greatness of your word. We thank you that your word is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to encourage us, change us, grow us, and produce faith. And so as I minister the word this morning, I have decreased so that the anointing of God can flow through this place and minister to every heart that's here. And I thank you that there will be no distraction to keep us from hearing and receiving what the Holy Spirit through your word has to say. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It never fails every time I get a message that I know is going to impact people in a strong way. Something like this always happens. But I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, pastor's ready this morning. All right. We've been talking about for the last five weeks now, uh, from dream to destiny, that's the series we're in. And so we've talked about different tests in the life of Joseph. And I want you to find two passages of scripture, if you would. I want you to find Genesis 39, Genesis 39. And then we're going to focus on verse 6. And then I want you to find 2 Samuel 11. That was Genesis 39 and then 2 Samuel chapter 11. And as you do that, we've been talking about the life of Joseph and the different tests that he had to take in order for him to succeed and reach his destiny. And I'm going to say this until it just bleeds out of all of our ears. And that is this. God has a pre-programmed destiny for everyone's life. He has a dream that he wants you to fulfill. But the biggest obstacle in us completing that destiny is our character. And so these different tests are designed to help produce character in our life. And so today's lesson is the purity test. Say the purity test. Now this one right here is going to be a strong message. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he may seem like he's talking to you, but he really is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Genesis 39. Let's look in verse 6. And I'm going to start down in the middle or bottom of verse 6. It says, and Joseph was a goodly or handsome person. And well-favored. Man, Joseph, remind me of me, don't he? He was a goodly and handsome person and was well-favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Did you notice that? Notice who asked who that? She asked him. Look in verse 8. But he what? Come on, class. He refused. Man, notice that Joseph was the one that refused. Now, I heard someone say this, and I don't believe it. They said the morality of a country is based upon the women, but I disagree. I disagree, and the reason I disagree is because the first physical person that God made on the earth was the man. Then the woman came out of the man, so morality is really based on the man. Now, some people say, well, pastor, 
Most men would say, it's hard to refuse something that's free. Well, let me tell you something. It ain't free. It's called child support. And all the men with kids say, amen. Praise the Lord. So it says here that he refused. I love that about Joseph. He refused. And then it says this. Behold, my master knows not what is with me in the house. He has committed all that he has to my hand. This is Joseph talking to his master's wife. There is none greater in the house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? God. And it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph, how class? Come on, say it again. They, man, whatever happened to, you know, the, 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 the uh, what they call them these days when you, uh, sexual harassment? Man, what happened to sexual harassment? He couldn't even file an EEOC if he wanted to. I mean, it's his master's wife. And so she was hitting on him every day, day by day. Watch this now. And he hearkened not unto her to lie by her. Watch this, or to be with her. Now, I want you to circle that because that's going to be very important here in just a minute. I want you to watch Joseph's response. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was no man in the house that was there. She caught him by his what? By his garment. My goodness. This lady was serious, wasn't she? I mean, wow. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand. And he what? Come on, class. He fled and he got out. Now, this supports 1 Corinthians 6, 18. The Amplified says, shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. In other words, when it comes to impurity, when it comes to uh, sexual perverseness, you can't stand around. You better run. And there are three main areas, and I'm going to talk to you this morning, that can affect your life when it comes to impurity. Now, this is going to be a very difficult message for some because I know that I'm going to be talking to some people that are sitting here this morning. I know that I'm talking to people who didn't show up this morning. And I'm also going to talk to those who are not here that will be on their way. But there are three areas that will affect your life when it comes to impurity. And I'm going to give you the first one, and I want us to focus on verse 9. Here's the first one. Impurity affects your fellowship with God and your commitment to God. I'm going to say that again. Impurity, it affects your fellowship with God and your commitment to God. Now look in verse 9. Notice Joseph said, he says, There is none greater in the house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but you because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Notice Joseph saw this as wickedness and sin, but he saw it against God. You know, Joseph didn't look at this and say, oh, I don't want your husband to find out. That's not why he didn't do it. He didn't say, oh, I don't want you to get pregnant, so I'm not going to do that. He didn't say, well, 
How about one time? I guess that'll be okay. He said, no, no, no. This, I don't want it. Come on now. Because, see, I'm going to show you, when you start uh, walking in impurity, it starts causing you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Now, notice, too, that Joseph, we know that that was the enemy using that lady. But a lot of times we, call, we, we say that the devil made us do stuff when, you know, the devil can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent. Which means that he can only mess with one person at one time. And anybody else that's being messed with, those are his little demons that's just messing with you. So some people say, well, the devil made me. No, the devil didn't make you do it. I mean, years ago when I threw that coffee on that man at Starbucks, the devil didn't make me do that. That man's attitude made me do that. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be messing around with the pastor now. Now, there are some, there's a couple of terms as I get into the lesson that I want you to understand about what sexual, uh, sexual impurity is all about. And one of the terms is transgress. Now, sin has a twofold way in which it works. You can write down transgress, and I'm going to tell you what it means, and then I want you to write down iniquity. Now, transgress is something that is done outwardly. It's an outward movement. It means to step over a line. And so we, we have an English word that, that really matches this Hebrew word. And our English word today would be trespass. So the word transgression or transgress means to step over a line or to trespass over somebody's property. That's one part of sin. Here's another part of sin is iniquity. And iniquity is different than transgress because transgress is done on the outward side. Iniquity is just how it starts out by saying it's inside. It means to be bent inwardly. It's an inward motivation. So let me give you an example of what these are. Lust would be iniquity because it's inward. But adultery and fornication, which means sex without marriage, would be transgression. Do you see the difference between the two? And so you got to see that impurity, it affects your commitment to God and your relationship with God. Because what happens is the devil is smart. He will make most believers feel that God is okay if I just mess up. All I can do is ask for forgiveness. But what you don't know, and one of my points is, when you sin in the flesh like that, you're not just, it ain't just a regular sin. Now I know everybody say, well, all sins are the same. No, they're not. Because they have different consequences. I mean, listen to me now. If they were all the same, they would have the all same consequences. Now, we know the spiritual consequence is death. The Bible says the ways of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we know that, but I'm talking about the consequences now. Because, see, you can get somebody pregnant, and the consequences of that can mess with you the rest of your life. And now you got to be with somebody that you don't want to be with that might be sitting right next to you right now. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But the devil has made it so casual for Christians to just sleep around. And that's not the way it ought to be. And what happens is he just dulls our senses. He just does them. So we walk in here, we raise our hands to God, but our hearts are covered. And what happens then, let me tell you how bad it gets. It can get so bad that now when you do it, it's not even convicting to you no more. It just feels like, oh, well, you know, praise the Lord. 
The Lord forgives me. And he does. But what happened to the conviction before you started? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Now, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel. Go to 2 Samuel. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Because here's the next area that impurity will affect. Impurity affects your commitment and integrity towards your marriage and your family. Now, I'm on, I'm, listen, I'm tired of seeing pastors mess up. I'm tired of seeing leaders mess up. Because, see, what happens is when we mess up, we mess y'all up. There are some folks right now at home in the bed because some pastor messed up that they trusted and believed that he should have been walking what he was talking and he stopped and it messed their life up. In fact, the Bible puts it like this. They, he shipwrecked their faith. So when he gets to heaven, oh, man, I hate to see it, man. I tell you what. And so that's the reason I'm kind of plugging hard at this because, see, I'm, put, I'm putting myself on the line, but it's all good. Because the truth is the truth. Amen. Now, it's going to affect, impurity affects your commitment and your integrity towards your marriage because see what ends up happening. Let me just say this before I keep going. Let me define marriage. Let me define a legal marriage. A legal marriage is between a man and a woman. It ain't common law. It ain't even called a partner. You know, because see, if you notice TV, they use partner now so they want to offend folks. Do y'all notice that? The little sleep comfort bed that, you know, be jumping up on the wine. You know, the wine. Watch the commercial next time. And it says, oh, yeah, you can get out of bed and not disturb your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever that means. Now, I want you to see something here. Second Samuel 11, look at verse 2. And it came to pass in the evening that David arose from out of his bed. And he walked upon the roof of his house. And from the, uh, <laughs> we got some moaners on the first row. <laughs> and he was waking, uh, he was on the roof and he saw a woman bathing herself. He saw a woman bathing herself. So watch this now. If you go back to Genesis 39, the Bible says that woman was looking at Joseph. So one of the problems that produces impurity is what you look at. We see here, let's see what David ended up looking at. He saw this woman bathing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look on. Oh, man. He took one look. And see, some people say, well, it's the second look that messed you up. No, because you can take one long look and still get messed up. Listen, this guy. Messed up so bad. Let me tell you what happened. Because, see, when you do stuff that, that's, that's caused by impurity sexually, it causes you to start doing stuff like lying. Because what happened, he went and slept with the lady. She got pregnant. And he said, oh, man, what am I going to do? Okay, go get her husband from the battlefield and bring him in and let him sleep with his wife. So if she gets, since she's pregnant, he'll think it's his baby. But that man has so much honor for his, his uh, whole army. He said, no, I'm going to sleep outside. I'm not going to sleep with my wife while my brother's out there fighting on the field. So David started lying. And then when lying don't work now, you got to manipulate. Okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, I tell you what, go send him on the front, front of the battlefield so he can get killed. Now he done turned from lying, manipulating. Now he's a murderer. 
So impurity can cause you to be deceived. Because, see, it'll make you think what you're doing is okay. And I'm going to show you at the end that one of the keys to living a pure life, you'll see things about God that normal people won't. So David, he stepped over the line. He transgressed. And let me tell you what happened. It went into his family. One of his sons ended up sleeping with his sister. Now, it might have been his stepsister, but it doesn't matter. She was still in his family. And so impurity affects your relationship in your marriage and in your family. And see, this is why I don't care if you're married. You can't, pornography shouldn't be in your house. Listen, I know some of y'all are saying, well, I, if, I don't have to, if I don't touch it, it ain't wrong. Well, that's not true based on what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you just look up on a woman. He says, you've committed adultery already in your heart. So, you know, watching it is still wrong. Now, you know what? They got too many filters out there for us to be doing that stuff. Boy, it's quiet in here, ain't it? <laughs> I know I'm talking about something that people don't talk about at church. I know I'm doing that. But I got to do it because, see, God's got some blessings for you all that really exceed your lives. And the only way you're going to get them, you got to fix up some stuff, man. You got to get it right. And so, uh, you know, David messed up and then he messed his family up. And so impurity is, is real. And here's the thing. It took you 10 years to produce trust in your marriage. And it took 10 minutes to wipe it away. Amen. And so I'm just warning some of you all, this is a warning for some. And then this is for some of you all, I'm going to help you get out of this too. Because see, some of you all are walking around in a swirl of mess and you don't know how to get out. Well, I got an answer for you this morning. Amen. Now, here's number three. Impurity affects your body and your heart. Impurity affects your body and your heart. Matthew 5, 28 says, but I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her commits adultery with her already in his heart. Job 31, 1 says, Men's, well, it says, uh, 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 I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I even look upon a woman? And see, what happens is men, men, they are guided by what they physically see. And most women are guided by what they sense. You know, sex on a man's list is like number one and two. Sex on a woman's list is like number 10 or 11. You know, gardening and, and uh, <laughs> breastfeeding is it's way above that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Those senses and that sight from that man, neither one of them got nothing to do with love. And that's why when folks cheat... The spouse is like, why would you do that? I don't, and he, they would say, well, I don't love that person. Well, it's not love. It's really lust. And can I tell you a secret? Marriage don't cure lust. Lust is produced by what you see. Someone say amen. So how do we overcome impurity? Because some of y'all are getting nervous on me. Getting nervous. Go to Isaiah 53 quickly. Go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. How do we overcome impurity? 
See, our society is waiting for the sons of God and the, and the daughters of God to stand up and walk a walk that's different than what they're walking. Some of you all are cheating more than your co-workers and your co-workers ain't even saved. Isaiah 53. You know what? Keep your hand here. Keep your hand here. No, yeah, we're going to go ahead and read this one. Isaiah 53, look at verse 5. And here's the point I want. Here's the first thing. This is how you get out of impurity. This is how you get out. First of all, you got to understand Jesus died for you to have a pure life. Just like he replaced you in hell, he also took upon himself the transgressions and the iniquities that we were born with. Watch this. Isaiah 53, look at verse 5. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It's talking about Jesus. It says, but he was what? Wounded for our what? For our transgressions. He was wounded for us stepping over the line. He was wounded. Now watch this. A wound is something on the outside. Then he goes on to say, he was wounded for our transgressions and he was, come on class, help me. He was what? He was bruised for our iniquities. Where does a bruise take place? It starts from the inside and then it works its way on the outside. It does iniquity. He was bruised for that. In other words, you got to renew your mind to the point that regardless of your family lineage and regardless of what happened, because some of us, we saw stuff growing up we shouldn't have saw. Some of us are byproducts of what our parents did and not what, what they really wanted. I know it's hot and it's just 10.08. <laughs> but I'm going to close out real fast on y'all. Now, this is, this is serious, guys. Listen to me. Listen. If you really understood the destiny that God has for you, let me tell you a secret. Can't nobody mess that up but you. So the first thing is that Jesus died for us to have a pure life. He was wounded for our transgressions. And then I like verse 6. It says, all we were like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid, God, our Lord, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God said, you know what? I love y'all so much. When Jesus dies for you, every form of iniquity and transgressions that will be in your life was born on him. Born on him. Amen. So, Here's the other thing. I want you to turn quickly to, uh, no, I don't want you to turn there yet. I want you to write this down. Here's step number two. You must control what you see. This is how you overcome impurity. You must control what you see. We must understand that lust and sexual immorality begins with the eyes and it ends with the heart. I know most people say, oh, it's in the heart. No, I didn't get, it, it, it has to have a process to get in the heart. See, and so the process by which it gets in the heart is by what you see. And I know a lot of people say, well, I didn't know that. No, that's why you got to guard what your eyes see. And then you got to guard what your ears hear. That's why they have those phone sex numbers. Can you imagine somebody just talking to your phone? I'm like, what can they say? But they say something because they got a lot of those numbers. And so you got to control what you see. 
Job 31.1 says, uh, I have made a covenant with my eyes. You got to watch it. Listen, I have controls and filters on computers in my house. I can't even pull up YouTube unless I ask permission. Why? I don't, I don't, want, I don't want something coming in that shouldn't be coming in. I mean, there's enough already on the outside. Amen. Listen to this. Psalm 101.3 says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Write this down as a take-home statement. Stop looking at what makes you lust. Just that simple. Stop looking. You can write that down as a take-home statement. Stop looking at what makes you lust. Here's number three. We must bring down every lie that, ha- that we have believed that brought impurity in our life. Now, I'm going to show you this one. This is real deep. I want you to go to Titus chapter 1, and we're going to end. Titus chapter 1. You got to bring down a lie. See, everybody who's cheated, they believe the lie. They just don't know it. If you cheated, or if you're just committing fornication because you're single, because you say, I ain't cheating because I'm, no, I'm single. And see, here's the thing with, with kids, young kids these days. Same thing. It affects their relationship with their parents. You know why? Because you're, you know what you and your girlfriend, y'all going on a date, y'all going to the movies, you're right. So when your parents ask you, where you going? Are we going to the movies? But you're really sneaking around. So when you get home and they ask you, well, how was the movie? You got to lie. Oh, it was good. Yeah, I'm sure it was good. <laughs> Titus chapter 1, verse 15. You got to bring down the lie because if you're walking in consistent impurity, you have believed a lie. And I'm going to show it to you. Titus chapter 1, look in verse 15. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, unto the pure, all things are what? Are pure. But unto them that are defiled, watch this now, and unbelieving my goodness why did they connect the two watch this so impurity is also a reason of unbelief so he says here unto the defiled and the unbelieving nothing is pure but even their mind and their conscience is defiled so i want you to listen to what i'm about to say you don't have to write it down but i want you to listen if unbelief is a part of the process of being defiled then unbelief means that I'm believing something other than truth. If I'm believing something other than truth, then I'm believing a lie. And everyone who chooses to walk in impurity, somewhere you believe the lie. Even if the lie was, your husband don't love you. Even if it's, your wife don't love you. Why does God want me to wait? You know, what, what does a piece of paper have to do with it? We're going to get married anyway. Well, it ain't got nothing to do with a piece of paper. It's about doing it God's way. Because, see, God don't tell us stuff to make us hurt, get hurt. I mean, when, I, when I'm teaching Landon not to go out in the street, it's not to hurt him. It's not to, to make him feel bad, bad. It's not for me to, for he could go up and say, man, my daddy kept me from getting hit by a car. I just hate him because of that. No, 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 no. The reason I'm doing it is that because I want his life to come out well. And so if God is telling us not to do certain things, it's because he wants our life to turn out well. So I want you, after this message, think about, man, 
What lie did I believe? Because if you still married, you could have repented. But if you did not bring that lie down, eventually, see, lies are nothing but spiritual seeds waiting for more water to put on them so they can grow. Here's another one. You must control who you spend time with. Now, in Genesis verse 9, it says, and Joseph would not be with her. See, there's a problem right there with Christians. Because, oh, I'm just going to go out with him. I gave him my phone number. He, first of all, you ain't prayed about it. Why would you give somebody your phone number and you ain't pray about it? Well, I don't need to pray about it. Yes, you do. Can't you tell by now you need to pray about that? No, I'm, I'm serious now. I mean, how many times does it take for us to choose the same wrong person? Because we didn't pray about it. So you got to control who you spend time with. I'm going to tell you why. Because whoever you spend time with on a regular basis, you will eventually draw close to. Notice Joseph did not give this lady no time. And she hit on him every day. Man, that's tough, ain't it? it let's just put it in today's world. No lunches. No texting. No phone calls. No emails. No, if they're not your spouse, don't do it. (laughs) And to all the non-clappers, I don't care anyway. (laughs) I'm closing. I'm closing. No, I'm closing. And I know this is tough. You know, pastor normally, you know, I come in real nice and nice. But, you know, this is one of those things, man, you just got to get it together. Got to get it together. Got to get it together. Now, watch this, this, guys. Here's the result of a pure life and that's this it will give you an ability to see God like you've never seen him before see people who walk in a pure lane with God God shows them stuff and he gives them stuff that he don't give everybody the Bible says in Matthew 5 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God the word see means to gaze with an open eye and to see something remarkable there are some things that God will show you that's remarkable as you clean your life up man Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. So the result of a pure life is I'll be able to see God in a way that I haven't seen him. And so here's the thing. I want you to write this down. It's okay to struggle. It's not okay to sin. It's okay to struggle. In fact, if you're married, struggle together. You say, well, what do you mean, pastor? Tell your wife. If you, if you feel something or somebody try to listen, if somebody try to hit on me, I'm going to go tell my wife. So-and-so, so-and-so, or if my wife come and say, you need to stay away from sister so-and-so, then I'm staying away from sister so-and-so. I don't even care if I can't see if she's doing something or not. I'm going to believe her with all my heart, and I'm going to confess with my mouth. I got to get rid of that lady. If they say that, I'm not, I, I got to get out of here. Amen. So struggle together. I know some, some counselors say don't tell your wife. If you keep a secret in the dark, the devil will keep you at his level at all your life. Somewhere that light got to come. And what's, listen, the best person to help is your spouse anyway. I know that's kind of different because some of y'all, you say, well, Pastor, you don't know my wife, man. I'd be done woke up with a butcher knife over me or something. <laughs> well, just get you some good insurance. Make sure your kids all right. <laughs> and do the Lord's prayer before you go to sleep, all right? Lord, I made my head down to sleep. I pray my soul to keep. If I do not wake before I, what it is, how I go? 
See, look at that. Y'all know that prayer, don't you? <laughs> Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. I promise you, this one right here, because, see, there was some stuff that got, that, that, that got ingrained in you that you didn't know. Some of y'all saw some stuff when you were kids that you shouldn't have saw, and it, and, it, and it produced an imprint on your heart. Let me tell you how to get that out. Write down Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. I'm going to read it to you. This is what it says. It says, how much shall more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more shall he purge your conscience from dead works to serve in the living God? When you begin to confess that scripture right there, Father, I thank you that regardless of what I went through or have done in my past, I thank you that if your blood was able to save me, your blood is able to purge my conscience from dead works, and I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. Listen, when you see somebody and you like them, Lord, I thank you for purging my conscience in Jesus' name. Listen, here's it. Here's it. Don't look. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Don't look. See, some of y'all be passing me. Y'all be honking and honking and bump, bump, bump. Pastor. And then y'all just sending up me a text or something. Pastor, I was right there next to you. Didn't you see me? No. I was focused. I don't need to see what's over here or what's over here. I just need to look at the road right up in the front of me. One of the pastors I know, one of the pastors I know, he, he made himself accountable to his wife as I close. He made himself accountable. So he told his wife, listen, when you see me look at another lady, because see, you think your wife don't see you looking. She said you looking. So he went accountable. He got accountable to his wife. So he said, baby, when you see me looking, just confront me on it and pray for me. So they were on vacation and at the swimming pool, which is not a good place to always be if you ain't got your eyes under control. Because they don't even wear swimming suits anymore. It's just dental floss right up the back. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. And so this lady walks by. He stops reading his book and he starts looking at the lady and his wife grabs him right here. Not a good place for a human being to be pinched. She grabbed him and pinched him and then twisted it and said, do I need to pray for you? <laughs> so let me ask you a question. How many can relate to what I'm talking about today? How many know it can mess your life up if you don't get it together? All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I just I, I feel like we need to take communion right now. So I want you to just stand up right here. 